It's Yalla Rocks episode 23, and today we've got goals on the brain. Well, everyone, we made it. This is the last of our interviews for the Belly Dance Bundle 21 Days of Belly Dance Challenge. But don't worry. I'll be coming to you over the next several days with little mini episodes geared towards helping you figure out what to do with all of this knowledge you just gained. And man, has there been a lot of knowledge. I've gotten countless messages from dancers thanking me for putting all this together, but honestly, the thanks all goes to these wonderful contributors who agreed to try something new this year and join me to share their knowledge in this format. I'm just here to ask the questions. And starting tomorrow, I'll be asking you those questions. It's time to deep dive on our practices and how we process information so that we can get the most out of it when we need it. That way, when we continue this podcast after the bundle, and I'm hoping for weekly, there's a wonderful base of not only all this knowledge, but what to do with it. But before we get into all that, I have one more guest for you. Today, we're talking a lot about goals. One of the hardest things to define in our dance, since our dance is so hard to measure progress in. And if you listen to Victoria's episode, you've already heard her take on this topic. But don't worry, because today's guest has you covered on measuring that progress. We'll talk about what it takes to have your dance show up for you, why improv is a necessary part of your dance, and why using video to practice is key. And of course, how to set goals and measure your progress. This is another interview that is just packed with goodies, and I can't wait for you to dive in. Before we get into this episode, don't forget, the Belly Dance Bundle is on sale until October 23rd, 2019. The Belly Dance Bundle, if you're new to the podcast, is a curated bunch of online products that is designed to help you cover every aspect of your dance education. Look, as dancers, we have to know a lot of things, and we're overwhelmed. Where do you even start? How can you possibly learn and incorporate all of this information? There's just so much to learn. So not only do we not know what to do, but a lot of times we don't even know where to go for help. Our local classes are great, but depending on where you live, our teachers may not be experts in the things that you need to learn next. And special guest workshops only happen so often, and they depend so much on the community's ability to afford to bring those teachers to you. So what are you supposed to do? You turn to the internet. And we talk about this in today's episode too, the place of online classes in your learning. And this, this is the place that they fit in. You can find something in this bundle to push your practice forward no matter where in your journey you are. From beginners looking for basic technique to dancers who have been at it for over 40 years, I've got testimonials from both on how this bundle has pushed their practice. This year's bundle is 22 courses, over 70 hours of practice material if you only do each class once, and more than that if you really take advantage of some of those offers. And it's 85% off the retail value of all of those courses. If you were going to purchase each of these classes individually, you would spend 1,175 US dollars on your dance education. But for this week, you can do it for just 174. And, And honestly, that's ridiculous. But what can I say? I'm all about ridiculous value over here at the bundle. The catch though, it's only on sale until October 23rd. Now you don't have to use all the classes by then, but you do have to buy the bundle by then. So head over to thebellydancebundle.com to cut through the overwhelm and get started on what comes next for your practice. And the best thing to help you figure out what comes next, 
setting some goals. Let's do this. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. I'm your host, Tiffany, and joining us today for one of our belly dance bundle minis is the founder of Rocks Online and the star of the Behind the Glitter documentary, Sadie. Sadie, how are you doing today? I'm good. So nice to be chatting with you, and hello to everyone out there listening. No, everybody is super excited to jump into this episode. Me too. So before we kind of dive into all of the things that we're going to talk about today, I would really like you, if you wouldn't mind, to share with us kind of how you got into belly dance. Like how, what sparked such a passion in you for you to turn this into like your career? Because this is 100% your career. Yeah, 100%. It's amazing. Um, well, my early days were, it's kind of been, just was an interesting culmination of events, I guess. I was just fresh out of high school and um you know I'm it was kind of just a serendipitous moment the long story short is that I actually heard an advertisement on the radio from my teacher so my main teacher she did something here locally called um singing uh, instead of singing telegrams she did bellygrams so anybody who kind of was in that era or coming in on that era remembers how popular these bellygram things were in the United States, like probably in the 80s and 90s. So she actually had an ad on the radio and I was driving and I was about 18 or 19 years old and I literally like pulled the car over on the side of the road. I'm like, what? What? Belly? Bellygrams? Belly dancing? It was just more a moment of like complete intrigue. Like what is happening and what am I hearing? This is so not normal and i literally went home and i looked up because i couldn't catch the information so i went home and i this was in 1996 so this is pre-internet i mean we had internet but it was the world wide web and it was like you couldn't slow yeah you couldn't really find things the way you can now and there was no social media so i opened up the yellow pages and i looked for belly dance which came under the dance category and I found her and about three other local teachers at the time, and I called every single one of them and got in all of their classes, and they had to send me their little brochures in the mail and the snail mail, and then I I would go to the classes. All of them were like an hour drive from my home, but I would go three days a week religiously to all of the classes, and that was it. That was kind of the beginning of my love affair. I just remember walking in. My, my main teacher, Joy Nan, the one who did the bellygrams and had the advertisement on the radio, she was really the one who, I mean, I would say she changed my life. So her classes were in her basement. I would walk downstairs into the basement and I just was like, what is this magical world down here? She had her costumes hanging everywhere and she had the costumes she would sell and she had this gorgeous like tribal jewelry from all over North Africa hanging everywhere. Posters of Jamila Salampour and Beata and Horacio Sefuentes and golden era dancers and all those vintage like album covers, you know, just if you can imagine I'm 19 years old and I had never seen anything like this before. It was just like, I was like, I don't know where I am right now, but this is what I've been looking for my whole life. So 
that was it. And I never stopped. And I was a very, very shy girl at that point in my time. And it was exactly what I needed in that moment was just this boost of positive uh, female expression, just being in a room of ladies dancing and a Yeah. And, you know, I'm just that kind of person, too, that I like to find kind of fringe things. Like, I don't like to go with the trends. So in the moment, that was something really kind of underground. You know, belly dancing wasn't as popular as it is right now. So I felt like I found just this rare gem. So for me, it was just the perfect combination of everything. I think so from all the contributors that I've talked to so far, you're the only person who's found it through the radio. I really love that. But I, there is a very common thread and it's what you just said is that like, it was what you needed at the time. And that seems to be something that just is true across the board for when people find belly dance. It always seems to be at the time in their life when they needed that thing. And I love that, that our dance kind of does that for so many people in so many different spaces and times and ages. And like, it's just consistently there for people when they need it. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. And even the students I teach and stuff around the world, I hear that story too of, my gosh, belly dancing. Yeah, it really does. It has something to offer people. And when they find it at the right time, it's a really beautiful alchemy of things that happen. That's awesome. So for this year's Belly Dance Bundle, you are putting in a one-month trial of Rocks Online so people can get in there, check it out, take all the different classes, kind of see what it has to offer. For people who maybe haven't checked out Rocks Online yet, can you tell us a little bit about where it came from, what it is, kind of the idea of what Rocks Online is? Yeah, so for me, Rocks Online is it's an online <clears throat> training platform. So literally as simple as it sounds, it's a website you go to, rocksonline.com, And there you're going to find hundreds of videos that we have up now, um, mostly of me, but we also have other contributors teaching different genres of fitness and dance. So we have Samba, we have Tahitian, we have um, fitness classes, we have ballet, we have yoga, we have Lebanese Debki, and we've also filmed already Zouk classes, which will be coming out soon. And we're just trying to make it a hub for world dance, actually, because for me, world dance has always been a passion of mine. So uh, some people may or may not know that I've spent 10 years studying Tahitian. I spent several years studying flamenco. Um, I really love world dance. I've studied salsa pretty much as long as that I have studied belly dance. Um, So I just really have a sweet spot and a passion in my heart for different cultural world dances. So that's, that's the goal with rocks online. That's what'll make it different from anything else that's out there is we really want to share culture and we want to share the talent of world dance around the world with different incredible performers and teachers. Um, For me, rocks online as an online platform is just replacing what my DVDs used to do. So I have been probably one of the most prolific in in creating DVDs. I think I have probably 20 or more actual oh, wow. DVD titles on the market. Yeah, I was one of the one of the very first with IMED making DVDs and then also one of the first with Hollywood Music Center making DVDs with them since 15 years ago. So for me that's been a really interesting wave. You've always been a prolific creator. 
Yeah, I guess I have. And I have, uh, you know, obviously my sponsors to thank for that, like Susie Evans of IMED and Maher Panosian over there at Hollywood Music Center. They have just put a lot of faith and trust in me at the very beginning, early steps of my career and saw potential in me. And they both gave me huge opportunities. I cannot thank them enough. Without the two of them, my career may not be as successful as it is now. But the DVD market was amazing um, when it was at its prime, right? And I don't think any of us who made DVDs would have imagined that it was just going to die so quick, and it really did. So we are at a point now where computers don't even have a way to play a DVD anymore, and the technology has moved away from DVDs as even an option. You have to buy, like, a hard drive that you could play a DVD on now. So... So technology is really phasing us out of that, whether we like it or not. So the only option at this point is actually online training, unless you have an old dinosaur DVD player that you're going to pull out of the closet, brush the dust off, stick in your DVD and hope everything works. And if you don't have that set up anymore, then, then online training is the way to go. It's much more... What I love about it is being a person who's also open to the possibility of how can we create less waste? How can we be more sustainable? How can we have better um, business standards? For myself personally, the DVD market was great, but I made a very small chunk of the hard work I put into that DVD because I didn't own the DVDs. So for right now, I am the owner of my content. And I think that is so fabulous that artists now have the ability to create content and be the owners of their content and have the ability to promote their content in the way that they would like to. So, but coming up in this DVD market, I had, I had very high standards. So one of the differences between Rocks Online and I think what maybe a lot of other people are doing just to get their content out there is I'm not skimping on quality. So I'm still using the highest video camera, the highest audio in a sound controlled room, just as if I was recording a professional DVD. And this is not the norm. This is not the standard. If you go to any other online training platform, you'll probably get decent quality. That's not something that it's, it's not that it's bad, but my standards for quality are very high. So I have brought this DVD high high quality DVD standard to rocks online. So that's also another difference there Bringing my background and my training and filming DVDs for 15 years how to bring that there But to the next level to make it more accessible for people So it's really just being able to do the DVDs online super easy No strings attached you can pay monthly you can deactivate your account anytime you want and the price is set fairly um, I've looked at other people and what they're charging per month for online platforms. And I think what people get from rocks online for the price is, is pretty outrageous actually. Yeah. We, 20, we love outrageous deals around here, right? It's yeah. So there's really nothing preventing anybody from being able to give it a try for a month or two, not break the bank and still be able to get some great supplemental training. That's what online training is. It's exactly what a DVD was. It's a supplemental training to your in-person classes and your workshops. Um, it's a supplement. And then you go and you train online. That's exactly where I tell people online training fits in, right? Because you can't, you can learn how to, how to dance from 
a bunch of online courses and a bunch of DVDs, but you're, I think you'll be missing that like fundamental, that feeling you're going to work. You're going to lose out on quite a bit of technique that only an in-person teacher is going to be able to kind of fine tune you on and really guide you through. So that's, that is exactly what I tell people online training fits in. It is a supplement to in-person practice wherever and whenever you can get it. Absolutely. I, I'm in agreement hundred percent with that. I think it's a great option for, keeping people, you know, on top of their game and their dance goals. But I would say out of 100 students, maximum, maybe five of those 100 people will actually be able to train themselves how to dance online. And it probably means, and I mean, what I'm saying is like they don't have a teacher. And those students, they just have a weird, there's just some people in the world, they're born with this innate ability to understand movement. I feel I was one of those people. I've been a mover and a shaker my whole life. My entire life has been movement, swimming, gymnastics, athletics, sports, you know, you name it. And my body just was built for that. Uh, my brain was built for that. So I can dissect movement in a way that most people can't. But that's what I'm saying is five out of 100 people could literally learn from the ground up how to dance by imitating or watching. It's very rare. Most students need to have one-on-one -on -one contact with a teacher who's fine-tuning the posture, who's uh, breaking down the nuance of things that they're not going to be able to figure out on their own. So you're absolutely right. It is a supplement. Most people can't rely on that as their fun, you know, fundamental training. So you're speaking there about you've always been a mover and a shaker, right? So then I know from talking to you in the past a little bit of kind of what your personal practice actually looks like. But I'd love for you to tell listeners, like, what do you do in your personal practice? How, how does that fit in to your greater dance goals and schemes, as it were? Yeah, well, this is an interesting one because um, over the years, I have fine-tuned what really works for me. So since I'm a teacher, I'm teaching a lot and I'm training a lot other dancers and I'm actually training right alongside them. So when other people are like, how often do you work out or dance or what have you, the dance stuff, I would say, you know, I'm kind of almost in an intensive every weekend where I'm training eight to 12 hours every weekend, other dancers, and I'm training with them. So I'm actually using that time selfishly for myself as well. So I'm kind of, um, training the dancers, but I'm training myself. I'm right there with them doing it. And then of course I have to dig in and help them more than I'm helping myself, but I use that time to dance. And then um, other than that, I don't train a whole lot on my own in private time. Actually what I spend my weeks doing in between my weekend trainings is coming up with choreography. So choreography is how I advance myself to the next level actually. So the drills, the technical stuff that I do on the weekends with my dancers, that's kind of like when a ballerina does tendu every class for an hour, right? Even though she's leaping in the air and doing her spins and turns, a ballerina needs to work with tendu every single day or she's not going to be a tight dancer. So same thing for me. Weekends, I'm hitting that hardcore training and drills during the week. Um, and it's not every week, but I would say at some point during the month, I am just working on choreography. And this is the vision, right? Choreography is how we take our technique to the next level in a vision. So we have a vision with music. I'm going to listen to the music and go, oh, my God, I'm imagining myself doing all these amazing things. And a lot of times it's things I don't know how to do. 
So I'll imagine myself doing some like crazy, amazing Sinead turns around the stage into this amazing technical little isolation set into this, into that. That's the vision that I don't hold back on. It's the imagination. I just am imagining the most beautiful thing I can see myself doing. Then that's the groundwork of, okay, now I have to take this technique and I have to put it into this vision. And then I even have a vision that for things I don't know how to do yet. So at that point, it's going into those things I don't know how to do yet and really trying to set for myself a practice to teach myself how to do the things that I hold a vision for. That's basically more or less how I now dance. And the number one thing that gets me there is actually not technique training, not visualizing, it's being in shape. So I can't stress this enough for dancers and I tell them, and most of them don't wanna hear it because most dancers don't wanna do the work, but I'm going to preach right now, honey. <laughs> you want to go from A to Z, get your ass in the gym. Get your ass in yoga class. Get your ass into some kind of a cross-training workout program that allows your body to show up for you when it's practice time. Because if you, are, if you don't have the stamina and you don't have the strength, you're already not going to have the technique no matter how hard, how hard you're practicing it. It's just 100%. There is just no case where unless you're a young dancer if you're 18 to 24 years old maybe and you're just in that sweet spot of age where you your strength is there and your stamina is there and you're a beast and you don't need to work out but even those dancers who want to be the best are going to work out pretty much after 25 our body changes a little bit and we have to work harder for it by the time you're 35 you have to work a lot harder for it by the time you're in your 40s, there's just no option for you. If you're not working for it, it is not going to show up for you. So for me, the most consistent thing is when I'm training and working out and my body is strong, I show up to dance and my dance shows up for me. Um, if I'm not training and I'm not strong, it's a disaster. And I feel bad about myself and my dance does not show up and I'm trying to do these things I want to do and they don't happen because I don't have the strength or the stamina. So that's it. Get the training and get your body to the place you want it to be. Next step, get at least, I would say, four classes a month. That's at least minimum once a week of an hour or so of drill and technique training at the base level. Not hardcore stuff, but I'm just talking about your ups and your downs, your posture, the basics. your arms, your basics. Then from there, you know, start working on some intermediate advanced technical drills or combos and start visualizing with choreo when you visualize with choreo this might be a challenge or a goal that you're working on for months at a time this is not something that's going to happen over the weekend this is like a vision and you're working towards that vision for three to six months and then the end product is the finished choreo then once you have the finished choreo you're going to work with that for a year and it's going to get better and better each time you do it this is more or less my strategy, and this is more or less why I think I'm a better dancer every year is because I'm continuing to advance myself through the vision of choreo, but staying connected to my strength and my fitness training and staying connected to the base. I really think that's what I'm known for as a teacher is making base foundational technique hard. Everybody who comes to my Rocks Flow Level 1 goes, holy crap. I never knew that the basics were this hard. 
and they get inspired then. It's inspiring, right? We don't want to just do the hip drop where we're not thinking about it. We want to go to a class where we get our ass kicked with the basic technique and have the respect for the dance form because once you have respect for that dance form and you know how hard it is, you walk out of there inspired and motivated to work for it. There were so many good nuggets in there. I like, we got to go down a couple paths here. So I love the idea of using choreography visions as kind of your goals because setting goals in dance, I think is very hard because dance is kind of an amorphous thing. How do you measure how much better you are at a move over the course of three to six months? It's a very difficult thing to actually grasp. But if you're setting that goal within the confines of a choreography that you've kind of had in your brain, being able to get to that point is the progression of the goal. It is getting to that end vision so you can measure it a little bit better. So like, let's just put it like a little asterisk on that. I love that. When do you think your practice kind of switched into that type of goal setting mentality? Do you remember? Well, for me, my whole career has been a really interesting, like, timeline of events that has taught me these things. And um, for me, everything has been sink or swim. Every opportunity that I took, I was not ready for. I can honestly say I, I freaked out and I was like, I'm not ready for this. I can't do this yet. And then it was like, well, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to step up and take this opportunity and like work your ass off until you feel like you're as close to being ready as you can? Or are you going to say no, because you're not ready? So for me, I'm just, even though I'm scared about those opportunities and I would be like freaking out, I'm also that person that's like, I have to do this. I have to say yes, or I'm going to regret it. So I always said yes, but then that meant, oh boy, I just like bit a whole lot off here. I better train my little booty off right now and get ready for this. And usually it would be whether it was something big like America's Got Talent. I don't think that there's a belly dancer alive, except for maybe people in Jelena's company or who are dancing on the stage in theater, who rehearsed as many times as I did for that performance. The performance was not flawless, but it was as close to flawless as I could have gotten in that point of time. And Kaya and I literally rehearsed our veil work a thousand times to get the veil to go up at the same point, at the same time, my arms were never more sore. I, I cried. I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much respect for company dancers and theatrical dancers because nobody, unless you're in that situation, knows how much work is required to do that. That was one moment where I got such a deep respect for choreography and training on that level. And I, I mean, what was that now? That was in like 2010. So we're talking almost 10 years ago now. And I mean, that was really one of the moments for me where it just changed my life. And I was like, I get it now. I get that I can use this goal of a choreography to become a better dancer if I have the vision. So I started doing it at that point. And then every opportunity I took, hey, come dance here, come dance there. I, and I was always dancing on stages, on theater stages. This is one thing that's a new, probably in the last, I mean, it's a newer thing. Like, I mean, a lot of dancers are used to dancing in smaller venues, in which I did that too. But once I went from the smaller venue to the stage, it was like a little fish from a small pond. No, I was a big fish in a small pond jumping into a huge ocean and going, 
I don't know what to do with all this space around me. How do I do this? We're not really taught that in most of our belly dance classes. Um, so we're not taught how to use the space. We're not taught a lot how to travel and use stage elements. Um, so that was a new adaptation that I had to also take that challenge on and say, if I want to look good on this stage, I need to learn how to use the stage. So that became another element of the choreography and the vision, right? So one of my professors, Hassan Khalil, he's Egyptian, he's a PhD in theater, he's, um, he was with the Kamea troupe, he, he's incredible. His, when you get with him and he shapes your brain for concepts and theater, it's like a whole nother brain wave. It's like another level of thinking about things. But yeah, using your choreography as a vision is really powerful because you don't have to limit your imagination and you can keep working towards it. Uh, for example, my choreographies will evolve over a year. If you watch the first time I, I do a piece somewhere and then a year later when I'm about to retire it because I do new choreos each year for my tour season, I'm so sad when it's the last time because I'm like, this dance has finally evolved into the thing I wanted it to be. And now I have to retire it and make a new one. But it's also a good thing because that making the new one, I'm pulling all that creativity, all that knowledge and wisdom from the previous choreos into this new one now with a new challenge to do it in a new way. So it's really important to keep changing and evolving. It really is. Um, don't hold on to your choreographies for too long. You, you know, they, they have a time frame before they become spoiled, like milk, you know, it's like milk is good for so long and then it gets spoiled. And it's the same thing with our choreo. We need to continue to challenge. We change. Everything about us changes too. So our, our, our choreography can help us in that process. So then when you are envisioning these choreographies, because I can, I can hear some of our audience right now. They're like, oh my God, I, I can't choreograph. Like they're freaking out about that part of it. But then what I hear from a lot of people is they don't know what to practice. And I think putting the goal in this context gives them the things to practice, right? Because they, they get that choreo choreographic vision that they're then, okay, I'm practicing the things that get me there. But what would you tell people who have trouble coming up with the vision and who are kind of like, oh no, choreography? Well, first let me just talk about improv quickly too, because improv is also a separate skill and talent. And a lot of times 100%. I, hear, I hear dancers will say that they're either one or the other. And that's, let me just call it out. That's beat. That's bull. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> um, because... I see it all the time and what I see, let me just say this real quick. When I go to competition and the, one of the coolest competitions, when I'm judging a competition, one of the coolest ones I just saw, and I hope every competition will put this element in, they did an improvisation section. So the dancer, once she got to a certain level, like once she made it in the top five, in order to be a true competitor, they had to do a moment of improvisation. It was like a two minute improvisation talk scene that the promoter would play. They didn't know what it was gonna be. I saw, that's when you see the heart and soul of a dancer, honestly. I saw, it was like crazy. It was like, some people are really good at choreo, um, but not so great. They're nervous about improv, but every single dancer looked stunning on the improv because you see something about them like a more intimate 
reflection of something inside of them. So I encourage every dancer to play around with Toxime or improv too, but this is a whole nother conversation, but I just didn't, what I don't want to do is I don't want to encourage people to choose sides of one or the other. Yes. They're two different practices and every dancer should be playing with both. They serve different functions. So choreography, let's go back to the vision. It's basically reverse engineering, right? It's like, I'm going to find this music that inspires me. So I have a playlist that's 30 songs deep of a dream and a vision to do them all. I don't know if I will, right? But when tour season comes around, I go to that playlist and I pick the song that is most inspiring to me in that moment or has been really with me. Then I put that song on. Then I just dream big. I don't even, don't limit yourself in any way, shape, or form. Imagine the stage. Imagine the lighting. Imagine the smoke and the fog. Imagine a background chorus of dancers. All of it. Imagine all of those things, okay? And then imagine yourself prancing around on that stage doing the things you want to do. What's going to be in there? You're going to have travel steps, right, to use the space. You're going to have big dynamic moments, maybe with a veil, and then you're going to have small intricate moments where you're showing off your belly rolls and your hip work and this and that. And you're going to imagine your presence, your stage presence. What are you going to look like on that stage? Surely you're going to be emoting and open. You're not going to envision yourself coiled up and not doing a good job with your stage presence. So you're going to imagine yourself in the highest vision, right? Then from there, it's all reverse engineering. The next step could be put on a video camera, and this is where you have to have the grace to be your own compassionate critic. You can't beat yourself up, okay? You gotta be kind to yourself because otherwise this is all gonna be miserable and you're never gonna wanna do it. So uh, maybe a little buffer, go put on one of your belly dance skirts and a little top that you feel comfortable in. Take 10 minutes to put a little makeup and, and lipstick and, and mascara on so that when you go and you watch the video, you're not totally mortified. <laughs> and then just dance, just dance a little bit in front of the camera with this music that you love. Now here's what's going to happen because it happens to me. You're going to have moments you love and moments you don't love. And that's it. It's not moments you hate. It's not that you're a bad dancer. It's just going to be moments where you go, oh, that was cool. I want to keep that. And then there's going to be a moment where you're going to go, that definitely was not worth keeping. And that's okay. It happens to me. It happens to everybody. If it doesn't happen to you, then I don't know who you are, but it happens to all of us. So you're just a liar there, if you're saying it doesn't yeah. happen to you. <laughs> so from there, you're just going to start fine tuning and you're going to pick the things you love and you're going to listen to the music. The music is the best teacher. Your teacher who's teaching you is an amazing teacher but there is no teacher like the music. So you're going to listen to the music and the music is going to tell you, is it time to travel? Is it time to stay put and emote? Is it time to be giving your energy to the audience with yalla yaha bibi and clapping? Or is it time to sit still on the stage and go inward and draw your audience into you? So you need to dissect these parts of the music and the music will tell you, you don't need anybody to tell you that. If you listen to the music, it will tell you what to do at the right time. That's the next piece, right? And then it's like taking all that technique that you know, that you already know, that you've already been working with and applying it in the right place at the right time. And then from there, you get a skeleton. 
you get your base dish, right? If you're making a, a stew, you've got your base pieces, and then now you're gonna throw in the spices after you get that. So we're reverse engineering. We're putting together the skeleton. We're putting together the base of the ingredients of the stew, and then you're gonna fill it in just like a drummer. A, a decent drummer can play melody on the drum. I'm a decent drummer. I can hold down melody. I am not a good drummer, and I'll tell you why, because I can't embellish in between the skeleton of the rhythm. An amazing drummer takes the melody and then embellishes in between the skeleton. So that takes time, and that takes patience, and that takes discipline, and that takes training, right? So if you feel like you can get that bass, but you can't fill the bass in, Take some private classes. Keep envisioning what do you want to be in between the doom and the tech. Your transitions, your, your ooh and your goo, right? It's, it's, this is what takes a dancer from good to amazing. And those are the things that take time. But I'm telling you, if you work with this structure kind of of reverse engineering, you'll get the confidence to start playing around. And if you need help, Hire a, a person that you really admire for a private class. They'll help you. They'll help you put in the spices, right? The aromatic spices. So this is what I do. This is what I've been doing for a long time. And I can't, at this point, I can't do it any other way. It's just the formula works so damn well. And let me just share with you that I'm also a person at 22, 23 years in, I'm a professional. But every single year I hire somebody who inspires me to teach me something different. So I've worked with my good friend, one of my best friends, Lebanese Simon. I've hired him before to commission a piece just for me. I said, I want you to create a piece that you can envision me dancing to. It's for me, and I want you to kick my ass. I want to do things I've never done before. I've hired Dahlia Carella, same thing. She helped me with a Tunisian fusion piece that was out of my territory, out of my realm. So every year I kind of find a a teacher that inspires me that I want to work with. Now I, uh, my professor Hassan Khalil in Egypt, uh, some of my Egyptian teachers and colleagues, I've had them help me with new pieces that are coming outside of my comfort zone a little bit. And it's not even that I might always use those pieces, but they're going to teach me something. So don't be afraid. Don't, you know, be humble enough, no matter what level you are, that you can find a person who will inspire you and you're continuing to work towards that growth. And I think this is a great place for online classes to come in, to push your comfort zone and to try things that you haven't tried before because you're doing it at home, right? It's in the privacy of your own home. You can try all these things out. You can really kind of get into the weeds with something that you aren't an expert at already. And then you can see if it fits. Like, oh, I want to keep doing this. Or, oh, like maybe that's not, the thing, maybe I'll take a workshop in it later to see if it, like an in-person version is more my style. Let me try this other thing. And I think that because Rocks Online has all of these world dance pieces to it, that it's a great place for all of what you're talking about to kind of start seeping into your regular training if you're doing that training through Rocks Online. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, a buffet in there of all the different things you <laughs> can try. And you know, it's at any time, if you're like, this isn't my jam, you can click right out of the video and go into a new one. $24.99 a month to go in and have access to 120 videos right now 
that you can click in and out of with your ADD at any rate that you want. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I love this one. I don't like this one. I love that one. So yeah, it's amazing. It's just such a cool way to go and explore and experiment and start playing around with those finishing touches or adding some new style, some new flavor. That's wonderful. I, I know that I'm super inspired by this conversation. I know our listeners are all sitting at home going like, okay, I want to go find a piece of music to like try this, this method with, because I think it's, this is going to change people's practices. I think I this hope is amazing. So. It's so fun. It's so inspiring because you get to be that creative, the in control of your own creative process with your own vision and your own dream of what you want to look like on the stage. It's like you are the superhero of your own vision. It's like, wow. Awesome. So everybody, Sadie's Rocks Online platform will be offering a one-month trial in the Belly Dance Bundle 2019 if you want to check that out. Um, the bundle is on sale this year from October 16th to the 23rd. But other than the bundle, Sadie, and Rocks Online, obviously, where can people find more of your work? Well, my website is still the best way to kind of see all the things I'm up to, but um, I'm, I tour, I travel all over the world, and I have some retreats, and I have my four-level training program, Rocks Flow, Instagram, Facebook, those are the other two main places, and of course, Rocks Online. Yeah, and we will have links to all of those things in the show notes, guys, so you can head over there and connect with Sadie, however it works best for you. Sadie, thank you so much for joining me today. I think this will be transformative for people. Yay! Thanks, guys. Thank you, Tiffany. And thank you to the Belly Dance Bundle for putting together this awesome opportunity for you guys to try so many cool different things. Ugh, where do I even start trying to summarize this interview? There are so many good things. Look, if you've been listening, you know I have a soapbox about cross-training. I'm a weightlifter whenever I get the chance. That myth about bulking up, it's just that. But the cross-training soapbox aside, this bit about goals that Sadie shares here, I think that this is where the magic is. It can be so hard to set goals in this dance, and there's ways to get around that, but I think that with Sadie's method here, you get a lot of bang for your buck, as it were. And anything that combines a lot of value into one thing, I am all about. I mean, look at the bundle. So with this method, you get to work on your choreography skills, you get to work on everything that the choreography entails, even if you have no idea how to do it just yet. You get to work on your stage presence and your movement and your emotional portrayal, even improv if you factor it into the choreography in bits and pieces, because all of those things are part of the finished vision in your head. And it's an excellent way to set a goal for yourself. And I encourage everyone to give this a shot. I know that I will definitely be doing so and using the items in the bundle to help push my dance in the direction of being able to fulfill this choreographic vision because you know I use the bundle too, right? <laughs> in Alia's podcast, we talked about how choreographers choreograph on the dancers and often have a higher standing than the dancer themselves in Western dance. Well, here you get to take that role, but you're choreographing on your future self, and that's kind of cool. And don't even get me started on this using video to help track and create and maintain this progress, because I am all about that. That's part of the beauty of this 21 Days of Belly Dance Challenge. It tricks you into doing this and getting used to it. 
And you better believe that we're going to be continuing that tradition into the private Instagram account for Bundle Buyers. I think there is an amazing value in sharing videos of our dance with the world, even when it's not super polished. Sharing the journey is just as important as sharing the result. So what song are you obsessed with right now? Imagine 30 seconds of it as it would be on your future self, then see how you can start to make that a reality. But remember, yourself now, they're amazing too. Your future self just had more time and experience with this dance. Want to follow Sadie? I mean, I'm sure you already are. But just in case you're not, you can find links to everything, including Rocks Online, over at thebellydancebundle.com slash 23. Not only is this the last day of our bundle podcasts, I'm so sad, but it's also the last official day of the 21 Days of Belly Dance Challenge. And I just can't believe that we've made it this far. You all have uploaded over 1,200 videos at the time of this recording to the challenge. And there's still one official day left and one unofficial day left. And that is freaking mind-blowing. That is dedication to your dance. And you are amazing. And those are just the people who are uploading videos. I know there are plenty of you out there that are doing these challenges and just not uploading the videos, but just the amount of people out there, it's just mind blowing to me. So the best part though, it doesn't have to end here. We'll be having a bonus day tomorrow, and then I'll be drawing winners for our prizes on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern on Instagram Live, so be sure to stay tuned for that. And that will be Sunday, October 20th, 2019. So if you're listening far in the future, this part I am sorry you are going to miss, but all of the challenges will be moved to our show notes pages after the bundle is over on the 23rd. So you can check out the show notes pages to see all of those goodies there. On Sunday, we will also be having a Q&A. So if you have any questions about the bundle, about practice, about this podcast, feel free to join in. But until then, make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to find your podcasts. If you don't already have a preference, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts are some of the most popular options. And if you've enjoyed these interviews, thank you so much. Please don't hesitate to leave a review over at thebellydancebundle.com slash review. That will redirect you to the Apple Podcasts page, which is the best place to leave one. Reviews help new people find the show, and since we will be continuing past the bundle, that would be amazingly helpful. Thank you so much for all of your time and attention to your dance up until now. Let's make sure we keep our practices going. Stay tuned for more on how to do that, both on Instagram and here. But until then, go set some goals. They're the first step. Mm -hmm.